0: This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're writing the perfect birth plan in episode number 171. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. The tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, it is Kristen Burgess for naturalbirthandbabycare.com and this week we're going to shift back to birth and baby a little bit after my episode last week which got really long and into detail about some of the stuff going on with me and I hope you also got some practical tips and encouragement for you when you're mothering during tough times. But this week I want to jump back to birth and baby and I especially want to talk about creating a perfect birth plan. There is a lot of confusion out there about birth birth plans and I I really think it's the internet's fault because there are so many birth plan generators and birth plan templates and this that and the other and it's just mind-boggling and overwhelming and there are like so many ways that people have tried to innovate the birth plans so that you'll give them your email address and ultimately I'm gonna also give you a template and a little video series to help you write your birth plan. And I will ask you for your email address for that. But I wanted to create a resource that helps you make a birth plan that really works. Because most of these other birth plans where you just, you know, you just toggle the check boxes on the screen and it spits out a birth plan. Or it creates this little icon-filled kerfluffery, And, I mean, maybe... Maybe in delivery rooms across the country, nurses or doctors do more than just glance at that and go about their day, but I find it unlikely because the truth is those birth plans are are mass-produced, run-of-the-mill, vanilla birth plans. They have whiz-bang, gee-this-is-pretty icons or, ooh, look, that's neat. I haven't seen a birth plan like that yet. Have you girls? It's, but it's not effective because it's not really focusing on what's important for you. And while some of them, like the icon-based ones, are a little shorter, some of them end up really long. And anyways, it's just it creates this thing that feels like it might be personal because you checked some boxes. But the reality is it's not personal and so nobody takes it seriously. It doesn't help with anything. What I want to walk you through in brief on today's podcast and in depth in the video series that you can get with the birth plan kit is how to write a really good birth plan. And this is actually my second iteration of helping walk moms through creating a birth plan because I had a birth plan kit before and it's the foundation of this one. I liked it, but as I used it with more and more moms, I realized I could improve even more. So this birth plan kit that I've put together and this advice that I've put together, I believe will really and truly help you with a birth plan. Now, one of the coolest things that I've done since doing this birth plan kit is I've gotten a chance to work with some one on one to create a birth plan. They went through the videos and they said, you know what, Kristen? I just want your assistance in honing this and getting this perfectly right and talking it through with somebody. And so I've done some one-on-one sessions for that. And if you're interested in that, shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. That's like an hour of our time together. It's a lot of fun and I can help you. But let's talk now about some advice for the birth plan. And then I'll tell you how you can get the kit, which is no charge if you want to do a DIY birth plan. Okay, so the perfect length for your birth plan. I like to start with length because length is important. I think that people, you know, you either end up with this super short thing that is meaningless or you end up with this really long printout. And nobody is going to read a really long printout. So you do want your birth plan to be short, it's important that your care provider can read it quickly and as i talk to you about your birth plan you want your care provider to see this before your baby's birthing day ideally weeks before your baby's birthing day so if you're coming to me at the last minute mama please you can sit down and binge all these videos write the birth plan and take it to your prenatal appointment tomorrow But ideally, you're going to take some time to think about this, and then you're going to take it into your care provider, and you're going to use it as a tool to facilitate dialogue with them, because you are an intelligent grown woman, you are the consumer, you are in charge of your birth, and you get to have a voice and a say, hear their feedback, and then the two of you dialogue on this, because you're a partnership, you're a team, but you're the one who kind of drives things. If you don't talk about it, your care provider might talk about it, especially if you've got a midwife. But probably there's not going to be a lot of discussion about a birth plan unless you talk about it. Now, again, some care providers are going to ask you your preferences on things and they're going to note that on the chart and that sort of thing. But if you really want a chance to say, this is what's important to me, then you want to have that short, succinct birth plan that really hones in on that and it gives you that dialogue point. And it's not going to be so long that it's intimidating for your care provider to go through prenatally and it's not going to be so long that your birthing team doesn't look at it when you're in labor so my preference is for it to be a single page and three quarters of that is going to be your birth plan and the final quarter of that I'll talk about in a little bit so three quarters of a page and not super small text either is going to be what you go th- go for with your birth plan okay now you need to write this birth plan from scratch Granted, I'll give you some words. I'm going to give you some example birth plans and some different templates that are, um, you know, in the public domain on the internet just to help stimulate ideas. And I'm actually going to provide you with one of my birth plans. And you can look at that and you can take some of the language from that and use it in your own birth plan for sure. Especially like the opening paragraph is pretty generic. But You don't want to copy word for word off of somebody's birth plan. And you certainly don't want to just have a list of multiple choice answers that a computer has spit out in a line. Because again, that's really impersonal. And when your care provider sees that, it's, I mean, it's, here's here's the thing. When I cook a recipe, sometimes I'll cook recipes that have (coughs) these ingredients that are like, you know, who has that on hand? Who can even find that? I, 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 it's so weird. Recently, I have come across a number of different recipes that call for things that you can't even find at the grocery store. Like, I think one was meringue powder. I went to two grocery stores. I couldn't find it, though Walmart did have it. <clears throat> but then there's, like, this stabilizing thing for whipped cream. Clearly, you can see I've been experimenting with cakey type stuff. But anyways, like, all these different ingredients. It's like, if I have to order this ingredient on Amazon... I'm probably not going to make that recipe or I'm going to say, you know what, what can I use to substitute for this weird ingredient? And maybe it won't come out quite so perfectly that it would win on MasterChef, but you know what, my kids and I are probably still going to like it. So I just gloss over those fancy ingredients or I find a substitute. And so when you've got a birth plan that's just written from all this impersonal stuff that's just dropped in there by a computer, your care providers are probably going to do the same thing. They're going to gloss over it because it's all computer generated stuff. I mean, who really knows what's going on with that? It's I mean, has she done anything other than spend 10 minutes checking boxes on the computer and then printing this birth plan out so she has the obligatory natural birth plan? And I'm not poo-pooing those tools. Like I said, they can be helpful for stimulating thought, but it's not personal. And the team can tell that it's not personal. And so in their mind, they automatically devalue it. So you want to write your birth plan from scratch. Even if you take language from one of those checklists or from me and adapt it, I would encourage you to at least do that. And now bullet points are a good thing because they make it easy to read. And you'll see that on my example, birth plan. But those bullet points are things that you think about and you consider, is this really important to me? And does this really fit me? Does this phrasing fit me? You're not writing a dissertation or a paper here. You're not going to be graded on it, but it should be genuine because genuine is what is going to get attention. And again, when this is personalized and you sit down at your 32 or 36 week appointment to talk with your care provider about it, it's going to it's going to reflect in your speech about it. You're going to be intimately familiar with these points because they're important to you and you're going to know what they mean to you and be able to talk about that with your care provider. So I want you to write your birth plan from scratch, even if you're inspired by other phrasing. You don't need pretty icons. You don't need dumbed down pictures. I mean, they might look cool and they have that at a glance kind of attraction. But again, it's that at a glance, like, you know, oh, I see it. And then it's out of my mind. I'm not even considering it anymore. Oop, I glanced at it. It's pretty. I see these icons and then I'm not going to think about it anymore. So you do want to you do want to have attention for a couple minutes, maybe 60 seconds, 90 seconds, three minutes. Long enough for them to read it and to see that it's personalized and for there to be a little bit of pondering and a little longer than that when you're talking about it prenatally. So again, the icons might look pretty, but I personally feel like this, it's not necessary. Your words, the bullet points that you put on there, you're going to communicate in a concise way. It's not going to be overwhelming. If your birth plan is taking up three quarters of a page, you're not too long. Words are better at communicating. Again, those that personalization of the birth plan. The icons are pretty, but they're from some stock vector pack. You know, they may be nice, but they don't communicate personally what is important to you. Words and your own words and phrasing are much better at conveying that. So if you want to spend a long time on this and line up icons with the words and that kind of thing, you can do that. But I just don't think it's necessary, and I don't necessarily think that icons are beneficial without words. And the words should be something more than, like, a picture of a birth ball and birth ball. You know, it's it, it needs to be a little bit more than that. So, again, my rule of thumb for the perfect birth plan is about three quarters of a page, and the final quarter of a page we'll come back and talk about in just a few minutes. Okay, so considering your options is key to writing an effective birth plan. And this is where those templates and things can help because they present options that you can consider. And my birth plan kit, this is one of the things that I have you do. And I give you a long list of various choices and options that you may have come up in different types of birth. So a hospital birth, a home birth, a birth center birth. I kind of try to cover everything so that you understand Okay, these are things that might happen, these are the ways that things might go, and these are things that I may prefer or that I may choose. And remember, in in your birth plan language, the language in the beginning paragraph that I'm going to encourage you to include, that paragraph or similar, it acknowledges that things happen, things come up, and sometimes our plans change. But These preferences are assuming that birth moves smoothly and in a normal, natural fashion. So, basically, we're having a nice, undisturbed birth. This is what we want to keep that birth undisturbed and for it to be the birth that we want it to be or that I want it to be if you don't have a partner with you. So... That, that assumption that you are willing to dialogue and talk about how your plan might need to change on the fly depending on you and your baby's needs is in there. So what you're going for when you're considering birth plan options for a natural birth, because that's what I'm assuming that you're wanting if you're listening to this podcast, though it could be adapted even if you're planning on getting an epidural or if you know you're going to have a cesarean after laboring for a bit or something. But My assumption is that you're thinking about a natural birth. And so these points, everything in the birth plan kit are things that you're going to consider in the course of labor. And especially as you try and keep labor as undisturbed as possible, because an undisturbed natural birth uh, is the safest for moms and babies. Again, assuming nothing goes wrong, I don't even really care to give caveats because I hope that you realize that that's an assumption in there. But an undisturbed natural birth is safest for mom and baby. So these are the preferences that we want to help preserve that. And so what I encourage you to do is to go through that list and really sit down and think about each thing and think about what matters the most to you. And And what you need and what you put down there is going to differ depending on who your birth team is and where you're giving birth. Like my birth plan is a home birth birth plan, and it looks different than if I were going to write, say, a hospital birth birth plan, though there are some things on there. For example, something that is super important to me is being able to bring my own baby up. And if I were in a situation or circumstance where I was giving birth at the hospital, I would also want to be the one who brought my own baby up, which might be a bit different with talking about that with your hospital care provider versus a home birth care provider but I would actually say that it's it's kind of similar with all of them because all of them kind of assume they're the ones who are going to catch the baby and so you have to as a mom say you know what it's really important to me to catch my own baby I am happy for you to stand a foot away and sit on your hands but I'm gonna bring this baby up unless baby and I need help And of course, that would be dialoguing with your care provider about it. But you would write something along those lines in your birth plan. And that's just an example of mine that I can think of that, you know, that I would want that no matter where I was giving birth. But there would be some things, for example, please don't offer me an epidural or I want to be able to walk and move through my labor. Those are things that I wouldn't put on a home birth birth plan because they would be pretty much assumed. But on a hospital birth birth plan, I might consider including those things, especially the thing about being up and active and mobile, because that may not be a normal thing, or it may be something that you have to stand up for because they want you in bed with fetal monitors. But to me, it would be something that would be really important is having that mobility because I just don't know how I would get through labor without being able to be up and mobile. So those are things you're just going to take each one of those points and think about them and think about where you're giving birth. Um, and where you're giving birth might not only mean home hospital birthing center, it may also mean where you are giving birth in the world. For example, I worked with a client um, one-on-one who is giving birth at a private hospital in India. And her experience was quite different than a woman giving birth at a hospital in the United States. So, it, again, it may also depend on the literal geographical location that you're giving birth. So, so look through that list and think about those sorts of things. Um, <clears throat> so those options are going to help you. And what I encourage you to do when I talk about this in the videos is really think about what you want your birth to look like. And then pull out those options that are going to help you work towards that birth. And there are going to be a lot, and there may be the temptation to overload your plan, but I would encourage you to keep it simple and hit on the things that are really important. Like for me, if I were birthing in a hospital, staying mobile would be really important, and bringing my own baby up would be really important. Keeping the room dark and quiet would be really important. So those are things that I would emphasize because those are the things that I know are going to give me the best chance at a physiological, natural, undisturbed birth, even in a hospital. So that's what you're going to look at is which things are going to be the most important. Now, one thing you might ask is, should your birth plan include um, preferences for your baby? Like a lot of birth plan generators have things about, oh, I want my baby to have the hepatitis vaccine or not, or I want my baby to have vitamin K or not, or I want my baby to be circumcised or not, whatever. I'm not debating about any of those choices, but those sorts of choices are kind of postpartum choices, and I would not put those on the birth plan proper. Now, in the birth plan kit, I have a video that covers creating your baby's plan, and that's a separate little one-sheet page, and it covers those options. On your birth plan, I would only include things that happen... Um, immediately following birth for your baby. So skin-to-skin contact, don't take my baby away from me, delay weighing my baby. Those are the kinds of things that you want to have on there. Um, Baby able to breastfeed immediately skin-to-skin. So those are the baby options that you're going to want to have. And the kit outlines which things you're going to put on the birth plan and which things you're going to put on the baby plan. Okay, now the final section, that last quarter page of your birth plan that I said we would come back to, this is your birth preparation section. So on this part of the birth plan, you're just going to highlight what you've done to prepare for your baby's birth. And this is an idea that I got from HypnoBabies, and I'll link you to my HypnoBabies review um, if you're interested in that. But it's something that I've taught all of my students because I think it's such a good idea. Because when your care provider sees that final quarter of your birth plan and sees on there that you have, for example, done Bradley classes or done hypnobabies or I've gone through mama baby birthing, I've worked with my doula, you know, that helps your care provider see that you are, not only have this list of things that you want, but you've done work, you've gained skills, you've prepared for this natural birth experience, and that creates respect for you. It gives a little bit of that, I think I I feel like I used this term recently in something else, but it gives you a little bit of street cred because your care provider sees that this isn't just a list of demands or, you know, kind of frivolous wishes This is a mom or a family who has preferences, they've thought, they're conscientious about what they want in their baby's birth, and they're committed to creating this by going through some level of birth preparation. And of course, I am a childbirth educator, I've been to over two dozen births, and you know, you can tell the moms who have prepared and the moms who haven't, and you know, so I believe in childbirth education. It really does make a difference and it really will help you in your baby's birth. And so highlight that. And you can also put a line about how you're grateful for your team and you're grateful to be doing this and meeting your baby. I I have that on mine. Um, Again, that's just kind of a nice thing to have on there that helps emphasize that you're coming at this from an attitude of gratitude, I guess, to sound cliche but that you're looking at this as an experience where you're playing a part, where your attitude's playing a part, and where you know that you're working as a team, um, but that you're committed to creating this natural birth experience for you and your baby um, as much as you possibly can. So these are things that are going to help you create a birth plan that is lean, but poignant, powerful, focused on what is most important for you and your family, and that you are going to be able to use to dialogue with your care provider and really emphasize these things, talk about things, talk about policies and procedures and that sort of thing, ones that you want, ones that you don't want. Um, And it it may develop as you talk with your care provider, or it may be rock solid right out of the gate. But I hope that going through the kit and working on it will really help you get a good feel for a birth plan, feel like you're dialoguing better, you're communicating better and more intentionally with your care provider, and also get your mind on what am I doing to prepare for birth? What skills do I have to take with me? Do I understand what goes into a natural, physiological, undisturbed birth to give me the best chance of having that ecstatic birth experience with my baby? Because that... those questions are crucial and they will help you be prepared for your baby's birthday. So your birth plan isn't just for your baby's birthday. It's for facilitating dialogue and it's for getting you thinking and in that birth preparation mode and that birth preparation gear. So to get the birth plan kit, go to birthbabylife.com slash birth plan. Put your name and email address in there. You'll get instant access to the kit and the videos. Again, it's designed to go um, through across a few days, but you could do it real quick if you want but i would encourage you to give yourself some space and time to really think to really consider uh, and to really enjoy putting together an intentional birth plan and as always if you got any questions shoot me an email Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com otherwise jump over to birthbabylife.com slash thanks for listening to the birth baby and life podcast with Kristen burgess For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.